Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through our 2019 challenge list. I'm Stephanie, and as always, I'm joined by my super awesome co-host, Megan. Megan, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. It's always weird when we record in the morning. I feel like I say that every time, but it just feels yeah, weird. <laughs> it does. It's it's like, usually we're coming off of a long day. It's a relaxing moment. And now it's like, oh no, I don't get to go to bed after this. Right. I mean, you could. You're an adult. You can. I could. I can. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, you have to be very adult and clean. Yeah. So. Ugh. Yeah. I think we yeah. have to do laundry. Oh, yeah. I need to. Oh, man. I just, yeah. Laundry's the worst. I just <laughs> throw away clothes and buy new ones, which is the most <laughs> first world problem to have. Yeah. Trust me. I know. Ugh. All right. So before we get into what we read this week, you were going to read Ghoster by Jason Arnop. How was yeah. that? It was weird. It, uh, it it starts off as like a, you know, woman's been ghosted. Like the day that she's moving 300 miles to move in with her boyfriend. Uh, and she's right. starting to realize that she doesn't quite, like that the relationship was very quick. That she doesn't know him. Like, did he like do this whole thing just to kind of as a joke? And then she finds his phone. He left his cell phone at the apartment. Everything else is missing, but her cell phone, everything, the entire apartment's empty, but his cell phone. And the premise is really great, but in part, like uh, you kind of learn that like, she's gone back to like a flip phone because Mm. something happened while she was like, cyber stalking an ex-boyfriend and like it's i think a lot about our obsession with social media and and cell phones which i'm kind of sick of is like a topic (laughs) like yeah we are really really codependent on our phones and yeah it is a problem but either like get on board (laughs) because this is how society is going to be or you you know the last i think the last chapter of the book for for this week i think it was the last chapter where she goes in about (laughs) that (laughs) Yes. But she did it more of like a funny way. It's like really funny to think about like how we felt, you know, 20 years ago. And like Joe Hill um, recently got a phone that's a little bit of a smartphone, but doesn't allow social media. It's like a kind of Mm. bridge between smartphone and the Mm -hmm. old phones, which I think is kind of smart. Yeah. But yeah. So it's a weird horror story that kind of missed its mark for me. Mm. Yeah. but it was a good way to start, like, any kind of October horror, you know, reading and things like that. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, you were going to continue The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. I have not finished book two, but I did. Okay. I'm, like, probably halfway through, uh, what is it, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. I yes. love this book. <laughs> I love all, like, <laughs> I just, I got, I didn't want to carry it on the train was what it was, because like, it's, a, it's a heavier book. And I was like, I'll just read it home. And then some nights I got home and then didn't. Or, like, yep, Thursday I when I got home super late because, like, I think they said a wheel fell off of the engine on the train. Oh. And it, like, I stayed for this, the beer hour at work. Yeah. Fine. I left to catch the 540. Great. I'll be home at my normal time. No. Stopped at Ruggles. And we're sitting there. I'm like, what is happening? We've been here for a while. And then they come on and say that. 
and they were trying to fix it. Then they come back on a few minutes later saying, okay, we have to go back to South Station. You can either ride with us, you can get off here. Just so you know, there is a a 610 leaving South Station if you want to stay on with us and catch it. It was 6.07 when they said that. You can't get back to South Station in three minutes. And then me also, because that train's not going to wait. So, like, all of us got off. And then that train didn't actually pull back out until, like, (laughs) 6.15. Oh, my God. So I'm glad I got out. And then I did get on the the one that ended up being the 6.10 from South Station. But, like, it was so packed. Um, I heard someone talking about it yesterday the day after and he was saying to someone else and he was saying that he couldn't get on it because there were too many people like they stopped letting people on so is it like a sub a train like a subway i mean i know it's not a subway it's an actual train but like where they let you stand or is it like okay yeah usually people will stand a little bit but this was like up the entire row in the car that i was on and i'm sure every other car and they did not come and check tickets surprise because they would not have been able to get through Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, atrocious. Like I had texted my friend George to say, Oh, I'm on the I'm on the five forty. If you're still at work, we can walk home together or if you're finishing up. And he was, and then I was like, Hey, I'm not gonna be home till like or get there until like seven thirty, so don't wait for me. So he left yeah. me like got a lift because I was like, Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, God. yeah, I uh had to take the train down to Wilmington. And I caught the express. I didn't actually realize that there was an express and a regular. Um, And the express, the entire train is called business class Mm -hmm. for some ungodly reason. I don't (laughs) freaking know. But I wasn't the only one that got confused by this because these two women get on in my car and end up standing because they're like, there's no room on this train. Why do they oversell tickets for business class? And I was like, I should tell them that the entire car, the entire (laughs) train is business class. But they were so rude about it. I was just like, you know what? Nope. I got 10 more minutes on this train. I'm good. Nope. You can figure that out on your own. (laughs) Or not. Uh, But yeah, I got home Thursday and was like, I don't feel like reading. So I started rewatching Schitt's Creek from the beginning. (laughs) I need to do this. But I know if I turn it on, it's not going to be like a background show. I'm going to sit down and watch. No, you got to sit down and watch it. It's so good. I was so glad when the podcast Thirst Aid Kit came back and their first episode was about Dan Levy. Yes. And he, I, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Is that weekly? I didn't even see if it came out this um, week. I think so, because they did him and Taika, and then they did Priests, and then this week was Mark Paul Gosler. Oh, nice. And the title, because oh. I guess he was on that show Pitch that I didn't watch, yeah. and now I regret it. But the title of that episode is Mark Paul Gosler Can Catch It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then they post, they tweeted some images, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I listened to their priest episode yeah. earlier this week because it, it wasn't just about Fleabag. It was about right. a couple of their shows. And I ended up finding a show that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. and tweeting at them. And um, But then I realized I've been watching Evil on CBS, mm-hmm. um, which was advertised for months because it's filmed in New York and not a lot of things are getting filmed around here. Um, because it's cheaper in other parts of the country, mm-hmm. obviously. So, like, we've had these buses that have all said evil on it. <laughs> like, I just remember someone posted to me, like, does this make you uncomfortable, too? <laughs> like, what's but, happening? But uh, it is, um, 
Mike uh, Coulter mm-hmm. from Luke Cage. Okay. And he is playing a priest in training. Mm. And I was just like, this need, he needs to get added into this mix of like mm. hot priests because, oh my God. <laughs> Even at the show, the show actually is, I, I really am enjoying it. But he is so attractive <laughs> and it's so worth it just to watch him play this like really sweet guy who just wants to help the Catholic Church out. Aww. You know? Yeah, the whole thing is like he's going to visit these possessions and miracles to see if they're real and if the church needs to actually intervene. Okay. So, did you watch the Exorcist TV show? Uh, no, I never did. Because I would add Father Tomas and Father Marcus to this oh. list as well. Okay, I need to look. like uh, is Father I think he might be British. I don't know. He has an accent and I was just like, yes. <laughs> as does Father Tomas. <laughs> They're both, oh, this came out recent. Yeah, and I, I'm sad it's not coming back as far as I, I know. I did not know this was a thing. And John Cho was the dad in the second season. That's so great. Uh, uh, and he's just... Yes! <laughs> oh, this is so... Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to watch that now, actually. <laughs> yep, that sounds like a great October watch. Yes, so good. So oh, that's good. so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, are you doing anything? Have you been watching scary movies? Um, no, I did watch Hellraiser for the first time with Chris. Very nice. Have you seen Hellraiser? It's been a while, but yes. I don't know why, but I thought the Hellraiser series involved outer space. It does not. Okay. No. <laughs> we were watching and I was like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> <laughs> then I found out what it was about. And then we did watch the second one, but we had been like drinking and stuff. So I like fell asleep. <laughs> So I need to go back and finish the second one. And then a friend of mine is going to, who's never seen the Scream series, is going to come down and we're going to watch yes. like all of the Scream movies. And I'm so fucking excited. Also, okay, back up. Scream is on Freeform. Like all the Scream movies are on Freeform this what? month. That's yeah. so crazy. And I'm like, this is rated R. And now I think I'm all of them curious. are rated R. They there's are all of, rated R. Because there's a lot of bleeping of swears. And I was just yeah. like, I don't know how I feel like. Are they like, are they, I don't know. I guess what I associate with freeform is like hocus pocus. I was watching that before we started yeah. recording. Um, things They've like that that aren't pulled away from like the family channel because that's what yeah. it used to kind of be. Which is what it still years. is in my brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, now I'm like really that. curious if I get freeform. Well, Scream was on last it. night. I watched that's the so cool. end of Scream 3 last night because uh, something nice. else was on. But, like, I still associate free reform with Hocus Pocus and Adam's family, yeah. like, you know, stuff like that. So the fact that it, I'm like, are you just saying Scream isn't scary? Because that costume still freaks me out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I told Chris to never surprise me in that costume. No. Because if you're close enough, I will probably punch you in the face. And I will always <laughs> aim for the head if I'm throwing something. I'm not aiming at the chest, like... Because, like, you know, Scream 3, like, when she shoots or they shoot each other in the chest. I'm like, no, yes. you shoot them in the face. <laughs> you always shoot. Aim for the goddamn yeah. head. People. We don't have guns, but I can throw shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, Scream always taught me to be afraid of the boyfriend. Yep. And also and his for friend. a very long time. Yep. <laughs> I was very afraid of the guy that plays Billy, whose name I'm totally blanking Oh, Skeet Aldrich? Yeah, Skeet mm-hmm. Aldrich. Um, until he joined Riverdale. Aw. It has completely changed my opinion of him. He's a very hot dad, in case you're wondering. I think he's got, he's one of those who has gotten older with age. I mean, his hair was not great in the craft, and I can't remember which one no. came first now that I'm thinking about it, actually. The craft or I scream. I think they were the same year. Right around like, the same time. Right about the same time, yeah. Yeah. Um, his hair's not great in Scream, but it's better than the craft. <laughs> yeah. 
Because it was very 90s. Oh, yeah. Also, apparently Draft House is showing The Craft on next week. Awesome. Yeah. Still enjoy that I think movie. it was the same year, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Because it looks like Craft came out in 96, and I think that's the same year Scream. Yeah. They both came out in 96. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I don't know if you watch Riverdale at all, but he's a very attractive dad. Yet, but yeah, and uh, eventually he becomes FP the sheriff, and it was Ooh. a moment of just like, oh, all right, I'm okay with this. <laughs> very, it's very good. But they have an episode where all the kids play their parents. It's okay, like a, it's a flashback episode. Yeah. So Cole Sprouse yeah. plays. But he looks like like from '96. Oh my god! All right, now I need to watch the show. If not just for that it, one episode, it, yeah, at the very least, just for that episode. I mean, the show is it's batshit. Yeah, but yeah, it, just for that enough is is okay. worth it. Okay, um, and I think almost all the parents like were big stars in the '90s, so you can mm-hmm. at least be like, like um, Betty's mom was on Twin Peaks, and she looks a lot like oh okay, um, yeah, her from the her Twin Peak days. Yeah. So. And then, was Luke Perry on this show? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, season four opens with his the dedication episode mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. And I basically made dinner and just was like, all right, I'm prepared to cry for him. <laughs> and, like, it opens up and Archie gets the call. And I just immediately started okay, And I'm starting. <laughs> yep. And it is, it is so good. It's Ugh, so good. I definitely cry because we finished Schitt's Creek season five on Wednesday. And some things happened where I was just like, and now I'm crying because I love this show so fucking much. (laughs) And I'm going to rewatch it it. and probably cry again when I get to that point and some other stuff. Because I definitely cried like a couple, like some episodes like leading up to that. Yeah, because it's it's a feel good show. It's not like a super dramatic. It's it's like a. No, it's just it's this family super rich where they've lost. It literally starts off. They've lost everything because basically their accountant like fucked them over. Okay. Didn't pay taxes and then took all their money or took some money and he's gone. He's safe in the Cayman somewhere. Of course. And they end up moving to Schitt's Creek. Um, it's basically Eugene Levy, the dad, bought mm. that town as a joke. Oh, bless. <laughs> yep. So it's kind of like, what do I have in common or how am I going to feel feel for these rich people who have lost everything? But they are fucking hilarious. Like, okay. I can't remember her real name, but the woman who plays... Um, the daughter, Dan Levy's sister, Alexis. She makes some of the best goddamn faces. Like, I'm amazing. Okay, yes. I need a good, so good, a new good, feel good show. Yeah, because like I've I've watched the Good Place to the point that I just kind of cry the whole oh time. Oh my god! I and saw your tweet about if you're the devil, why aren't you wearing Prada? And I didn't. I think that was you. Yes. Okay. And I was like, I don't know what that's from, but that's pretty good. And then when we watched the episode yesterday, I almost <laughs> spit out my whatever I was drinking. <laughs> Sorry. When he said it, it was so good. Oh my God. Can we, okay, Fine. really quick spoilers. I will put in the timestamps, but can we talk really quick about Jason in that damn suit at the end? Because, my God. Yes, Jason. My God. I am yes. all for Jason going to the bad place if it means he's gets to wear a suit for a while. Yeah. And also punch that guy in the face. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Cause like I, as soon when that, so definitely spoilers. Um, when they give back the the like the punching demon built yeah. shirtless guy, when they both got off the train, I was like, one or both of them is not Michael or Jan. One of them, maybe both of them. I was like, maybe Michael. But then as the episode was going on, I was like, Janet's being real quiet right now. Yeah, it's Janet. <laughs> Well, 
when he says something about being a something about a girl, and I out loud went, "Not a girl," and she didn't say it. And I, was I didn't like, catch it. I was like, "That was weird." I, was I like, didn't catch but, it. Oh. <laughs> but Until I didn't when think he said anything like, of it. She always has a thing she said. I can't remember her the way the crazy way he said it, but like. She always has a thing that she says, so I know. But then, like, I don't know about how he... Basically, she didn't say something, so he knew. And I was just like, you brilliant, brilliant man. (laughs) And yes, in a suit. It's so good. Fuck yeah. Uh, I read theories this week. There's a theory that Chidi's been a demon the whole time. (gasps) No! I will... Oh, I know. I'll be... I I think, actually, I would hate the show if that happens. I would never rewatch it. Yeah. And, like, because they make so many jokes about... (laughs) Um, how everybody hates moral philosophers and that like that's supposed to be a hint and I was like I don't think I could handle that I could see that and I'm hoping if that was an original plan that they cross that off the fucking list yeah I hope so too no (laughs) and then I was reading a theory that was like we all need to brace ourselves that like Eleanor and Chidi aren't actually end game because at the end like that Eleanor is just going to be like 100% 100% sacrifice for no the greater good no and I know I was no. like I'm not I don't I need no and they need to less... be a happy there needs to be a happy ending for them all of them god yes. damn it yes I just I need it and after this week's episode with the nachos I was like okay we're getting Those a moment nachos. so good <laughs> it's a big plate like, thanks yep I'll take that <laughs> It's like show yes, so much. <laughs> so good. Um, so I feel like that little moment was like, nope, we are working on establishing yes. back a relationship so that eventually this is going to yes. yes. Oh, I just need it to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That actually leads so well into our, our actual book. Oh, <sighs> yes. So what did we read for this week? The challenge was a memoir. And we read Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. And I had read it before, but you had not, correct? I had not, yeah. Right. Thoughts? What were your initial initial thoughts on this one? Um, I so I did it as an audio book. Oh, and I did really, she do? She yeah, did she the, reads I'm it. Assuming okay. She reads it, and actually, um, a lot of people come in and read it with her. <gasps> so, like the chapter that Seth Meyers wrote, yes, he read Fucking it. Fucking brilliant. Um, Michael, speaking of the good place, Michael, yeah, um, Mike, sure. Oh, Make sure, thank you. Uh, came in and she when she talked about Parks and Rec, and he oh was God. there to edit her and make her uh, better because that's what he always does. Yes, and um, so he read those parts. Um, his, her parents came in and read. <gasps> oh, and uh, at the beginning, she talks about how she wants someone to play her when in her old age or. Um, yeah. Um, Carol Barnett. Carol Barnett is also <gasps> oh my God. reads it occasionally. So it is, I, I love memoirs as mm-hmm. audiobooks because they are typically read by the yeah. celebrity. Um, this one, I think, just is above and beyond. And I think doing it that way really helped me enjoy it more. I didn't even think about how they would do that because I have the actual book. And I don't know, I'm going to try to show you. You see oh, the red so cool. on the side? That's yeah. Mike Sure. Those are his edits. Okay, cool. Because I was wondering if that was yeah. like actually something that they did in the book yeah okay and like seth meyers it's clearly said that it's him there's some pictures and stuff too um and then there are obviously the ones from the the mom and dad but like that's really cool that they came in and voiced their parts essentially yeah and then just so you have it this is the cover it's amy sitting on the ground pointing up the words yes please and like crazy fun neon lighting behind (laughs) her 
Yeah, and it was um, written. Um, I do want to get that out. Like, when oh, yeah. was this published? It was like 2013. It was after the Golden Globes because that's mentioned. Yes. <laughs> Copyright 2014. Okay. Um, because a lot of, like, if you haven't read this book, there are some things that haven't necessarily aged well. Uh-uh. So. There's some mentions that will, like, surprise and jar you when you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we can get jarring. into. <laughs> and also, there are parts, apparently, I always block out in Parks and Rec that Louis C.K. is on Parks and Rec. Yes, so. he is. Totally yeah. fucking forgot. Because like, yep. she's good friends with him, or at least was at the time of the writing. Yeah. And he's mentioned several times throughout. And then when we get to Parks and Rec, that, or I think it comes up then, too. Or it comes up at some point. And I was just like, oh, you. Yeah. So. It also made me realize I really want a Maya Rudolph memoir. Yes. Like, did you read Bossy Pants? Yeah, yeah, we need Maya's. Does she she doesn't have one? Is she working on one? She needs to be working on one if she hasn't already. (laughs) Let's see if she's got one. Uh, It doesn't look like it. Hmm. I don't know if she's working on one or what. I feel like she also maybe has young kids. She does. She has three daughters and one son. Born 2005 is the oldest one. The youngest was born in 2013. Okay. Yeah, there's right. apparently. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, she doesn't have one yet. Her but that is one I that I would love. Yeah. Um, so Amy's memoir is split into three parts. The first part is say whatever you want. Second part is do whatever you like. And part three is be whoever you are. Uh, do you want to just talk about the different parts? Because it kind of sure. bounces around a lot. Yeah, it's not really an order yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, but I, what were you Amy Poehler fan from SNL or? No, I didn't really like Amy Poehler <laughs> originally. Okay. And I can't remember why, but I just found no, her I'd... slightly annoying. And I think it was yeah. Parks and Rec that made me love her. Yeah, I definitely. And Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mom from Mean Girls is like my first real thought of her. Um, and I remember her being very vocal um, and vocally liberal mm-hmm. and coming from such a conservative family. Like that was anybody that was like super liberal, vocal, like yeah, you didn't talk about. So I think that's why I don't really have much of a prior to Parks and Rec really. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. her. Plus I, I still don't. I have never really followed or watched SNL. I've seen... Clips Same. and stuff, like the Lonely Island stuff that they've done with, like, Justin Timberlake and Michael yes. Bolton. I've definitely seen those separately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've never been like, oh, I want to watch SNL. Like, it just, I guess maybe yeah, it's my never parents, been... my friends didn't really, so I never stayed up for it or watched it yeah. the next day. But I think it was the trailer for Baby Mama that I found annoying. That's why I found her annoying, because I also Same. never watched that movie. Yeah, I, I haven't why. seen that one either. Yeah, and I probably won't. But I did enjoy Parks and Rec. Yeah. Love I've Parks seen... and Rec sisters with her and I, I really like that. that i do want to see that, that. ridiculous but good we did also there was some other movie let me see if i can find it that chris and i watched that i think she was in that was really fun i feel like it wasn't a very well, oh right inside out was very good <laughs> oh yes forgot about that all right and i didn't watch wet hot american summer until many years after it originally came out because chris loved it it was probably when they were doing like the tv series or the reboot or whatever the hell the second movie whatever it was um that we watched it yeah i haven't watched any of that yet i i'm weird about comedy like i i go to some comedic movies but for the most part like if i'm gonna watch a movie i it's gonna be horror or 
super dramatic kind of mm-hmm. I don't know like like there's a lot of com- like I've never seen Anchorman and I remember everybody oh. saw Anchorman yeah but like I just there's something about comedy movies that I'm just I'm good like I'm good out mm-hmm. here <laughs> kind of vibe so kind of speaking of Anchorman then um the movie I was thinking of that I had seen with her that wasn't like a big well-known movie uh was called The House okay um <laughs> Sorry, Chris just came over. It's her and Will Ferrell as a couple where basically after the town takes away their kids' college scholarship, they start an illegal casino in their house to make the money back. Oh, yeah. I remember this. (laughs) Um, That was a lot of fun. I think Chris put it on. Was it this year? Maybe it wasn't this year that we watched it. I was trying to see what I gave it on Letterboxd. So maybe it was last year that he put it on because it came out in like 2017. Yeah. And I remember I did see Blades of Glory. Where she and I think Will Arnett, was that her and Will Arnett, um, play a skating duo, like the 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 main competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Will Arnett. And I think they're... I gave it a three. Sorry. The house. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, and then I know she's on a couple episodes of Arrested Development, which again, I didn't watch until Chris, like well yeah. after the series had been canceled. So um, Chris brought the... The comedy. Essentially, yeah, because I think he was also the one to suggest watching Parks and Rec. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and a ton of people that love Parks and Rec, and I think I watched, like, the first episode or two and was like, really? And everybody was like, just get yeah. through the first season. Because it is a rough. the first season. Yeah, and then they yeah. really find their stride. And yeah. they kind of talk about that, too, in that chapter, where some people, I think, didn't like her, so they, like, regrouped and, yeah. you know, definitely retooled some things. Plus, adding, adding Adam Scott and Rob Lowe. I, I like, think that really did it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. When Ben proposes. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. They also have Do they an have audio him? clip of that. They, he's not in the book, but they have the audio clip of From the, the show. Yeah. And, oh, I can't remember. What, there's another scene that they talk about that they have the audio clip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was, um, I had a business trip, so I was listening to this while driving. And, um, oh, in the last chapter she did at UCB oh. in, in L.A. Mm-hmm. So it was actually done live. So there's oh, cool. a live audience. Okay. And so all that talk about, oh, I don't know actually if they do it in the book, but she talks a lot about listening to audiobooks in the car. And she's like, thank you for listening in your car. And I was like, oh, no. Normally I wouldn't be, but this is, this is perfect. <laughs> um, see, I liked that one of the first stories she talks about is, basically falling in love with improv her first experience with improv when she was playing dorothy in fourth grade it was a two-night show and just basically doing a little i also she talks she does talk about this that they had an actual dog playing toto not a stuffed dog but someone's little dog which i was like this you would not no you're not using my dog um but she did charlie would freak out right but she did a little improv where she puts the dog down and calls for him and she said the dog played it perfect got some laughs and that's where she like loved that that feeling yeah and she could get laughs in the highest sense Mm -hmm. let's see i'm trying to think what else like other things she talks about in say whatever you want um she talks about the plain girl versus the demon which i i really appreciated um that mean voice that inner demon voice telling you you're ugly or you weigh too much or you're not smart enough or just you know talking all the shit and how her her demon really showed up once she started liking boys which was like that's relatable yeah that's (laughs) very fair because you start Um, caring about what 
they Someone think else of. thinks, yeah. Right, especially boys that you're into. Then you yeah. get older and realize that all of them are fucking trash and you stop caring as much. They are, especially the ones that run social media that for some reason, Jesus like, that's crazy. the thing. I'm, like, ready to get rid of my Facebook. Chris got rid of his, and I'm like... I was wondering oh. that when it, his birthday, I yep. couldn't post. Yeah, I texted my I'd... sister. She went to, like, wish him happy birthday. I was like, where did he go? Yeah, so I ended up, like, messaging him on Instagram because mm-hmm. I was like, dude. Yeah. But, uh, no, I've deleted mine off my phones because... Mm. I might do I that. just yeah. I figured it was the first start. Um, I don't know. My mother, my mother and my sister deleted theirs years ago and have mm. never looked back. But yeah, our friend George, like I don't know if he deleted it or if he just like deactivated. Like he could yeah. do something where it's not fully, fully gone, but he doesn't show up. But he can, I think, get it back if he wanted to. He did that, and yeah. he like, yeah, yeah. I think he only uses Instagram for like his cat and stuff now. Nice. <laughs> nice. I just have too many people that like, like you, we don't, we haven't ever exchanged numbers. It's entirely through Facebook Messenger. Um, And I know that most people would just be willing to switch to something else. I just don't know what that something else is. Yeah. But I think you can keep Messenger and not, I don't know. If you deactivate, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um, But yeah, there was also this part where she was talking about how. She was dating this guy, and he wasn't the type of guy that she would normally date. Yes. Crap, why was it? Oh, he was a model. He was a fucking model. Yeah. And she, she's apparently a big snooper. She will snoop through your medicine cabinet, like, through your stuff. And she snooped. I appreciated that. I, <laughs> I have never. Like, <laughs> I feel like Chris one time looked for her his Christmas presents and found them and was like, oh, okay, I've never, I like surprises. I will not look through your stuff. I mean, I guess if oh, I, I suspected someone of doing something, then I'm going to fucking look through your stuff. Yeah. But if I don't, I'm just not going to look for it. Um, I... Oh. <laughs> Do you identify with Amy on this one? I did, but also <laughs> I feel like I've outgrown it quite a bit. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I do have obsessive tendencies and I try to fight those as much as possible and I feel like snooping falls into that but I do know that like my quote unquote boyfriend in seventh grade like we had exchanged email passwords because like we didn't have secrets between us and then he went on a cruise and kissed another girl and like I like went into his email and found her email address oh, and befriended my God. her oh I befriended her and oh, like my God. we were friends for all through <laughs> high school and um <laughs> Through college and actually like played tennis against each other a few times uh before I moved and like oh. yeah yeah but I think that's like the last no I definitely was a little crazy in high school too but I definitely like <laughs> I've always recognized it as like this is not sane behavior <laughs> so I really did appreciate someone being like upfront about like this is what I do mm-hmm. um, yeah she puts it right out there and yeah. then Talks about how it kind of bit her in the ass because she found his journal and he was writing about how he was dating someone that basically saying she's like not on his level, not as pretty. She's funny, though. Like, she's funny. And he was like giving himself kudos in his journal for just dating the funny girl. (laughs) So it's just like, this is why you should not snoop. Yeah. I think she was like, the sex wasn't even good either or something like that. It's like, what is the point of this person existing (laughs) in my life? (laughs) Sex isn't good and you're whatever. <laughs> yeah. I I also like the discussion of like talk to your parents about the day you were born. Mm-hmm. 
Um, just because it is like birthdays are just as much about for your parents as it is for you. Yeah. In my opinion. And uh, I actually don't know much about it. The only thing I know is that Same. I had too big of a head. Um, <laughs> I know more actually about Caitlin's mm-hmm. birthday because it was raining and the vice presidents or someone... Someone political was in the hospital at the time. Oh, shit. Okay. And uh, that's why I know more about her. Gotcha. But like, yeah, now I'm tempted to text my mom and be yeah. like, she'd be like, I don't, I don't remember Megan. That's I know. That's years ago. Full, fully the response I'm expecting from my ass. <laughs> <laughs> because like, all I know is I was born early. I was born on December 5th. I was supposed to be born January 6th. I don't remember what oh, wow. exactly was going on. Yeah. But they checked my lungs and I was good to go. So I don't yeah. remember why. <laughs> but I- I do know I cost $10 because insurance was so much better back then. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> I was four days late, which I am so thankful for because I was a Valentine's Day baby. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Yeah. And that my mother was a teen mom. Like, mm-hmm. my mother is so badass. But yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, I think she was in labor for a long time before I they were like, the head's know. too big. Yeah. So. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I do know, like, but I was also older. I was like almost 14 when my Hernan Jr. was born. I don't know anything about Alex, who's only three years younger than me. Yeah. My sister's six years younger than me. I think I was with my grandparents when she was born, but that's, like, all I remember. Yeah. And then with uh, my brother... Hernan Jr. being 13 years older, I remember that. Like, I remember my dad calling and letting us know what was going on, and they... I think they had to induce labor. Um, He was supposed to be born December 8th, was born November 17th, and was a C-section because he just, like, wasn't fucking moving. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And then with Marco, the youngest, uh, planned C-section since uh, my stepmom had a C-section with Hernan Jr. Yeah. And uh, Hernan Jr. had actually just started kindergarten half day, so I stopped working at Six Flags, like, a week early to get him on the bus and stuff while... Oh, Because Marco was born August 30th, yeah. Yeah, I re- I actually remember I was not at the hospital when Caitlin was born. I was three and a half, mm-hmm. and I stayed with my. Uh, he wasn't my grandfather, but for all intents and purposes, he is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. My he married my grandmother when I was like seventeen, mm-hmm. um, but like they dated for like twenty years. It's a it's yeah. a thing, but uh, I was at his house, and Are You Afraid of the Dark was on, and I oh think God. it was the vampire episode where the, not- the family. No, the one that comes out of the screen. Oh, that one, yeah. And I was scared of vampires for, uh, I mean, honestly, up until Twilight <laughs> came out. Like, vampires were the thing. You, I could not read any vampire stories because I hate blood mm-hmm. and because that just terrified me. So, and then, yeah, all of my other siblings are young enough that I was, you know, I can yeah. remember it. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. I do want to ask. And I like that. She's like she put it out in print, so I think as her oldest child, Archie, um, yeah, will know because I, it's two thousand eight. <laughs> um, she has this great like old Italian grandfatherly like doctor who dies literally oh the day God. before she ends up giving birth, yes. and I she's she calls the doctor's office while she's rehearsing. John Hamm's going to be hosting for the first time. She calls the office. The person who answers is clearly crying. Breaks the news to her. Amy hangs up, starts sobbing about how her doc- her doctor has just died, and she's due, like, any fucking day now. And my favorite thing, though, was that John Hamm, like, grabbed her by the shoulders and said, I know this is very sad, but this is a really important show for me, so I'm going to need you to get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, snapped her out of it. She started laughing. I was like, John Hamm, you are a fucking delight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, of all the things that, that could go wrong... 
Yeah. <laughs> He's a doctor dying the right. day before is not something that's ever been on my radar. Right. <laughs> like. Right. Just, yeah. No. no. Nope. And then, of course, <laughs> the baby was born the next day, which was Saturday. Yep. <laughs> um, that I think her water broke like late that night or something. Yeah. And then Archie was born um, Saturday, October 25th, 6.09 p.m. Um, so that was the first time Seth Myers did update by himself. And then I think the next chapter go- is Seth- it's Seth Meyers' chapter. And yes. I really loved how he points out that the text he gets from Amy is like, well, my water broke. It's happening. You're going to do great. Like, even though she's in labor, about yeah. to have her first child, it's an insane time. She's literally in labor right now, but she's trying to help reassure him that he's going to be yes. great. He's going to do awesome on his own. I did really appreciate that. Yeah. I also really appreciate, like, hearing how, like, he met her years before they actually, mm-hmm. like, worked together. And, like, apparently he was also at another show of hers, mm-hmm. like, years before. And, like, that's so cool. Yeah. I, and then you know. when he got the job, he was like, oh, my God, I might be friends with Amy Poehler. Not, I'm going to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, like, you know, my voice is going to be out there. It was, oh, my God, I might get to be friends with her. And they are very good friends. <laughs> that's, I just love that. Yeah. I also feel like that's kind of how, if I ever get published, that's how, like, the vibe that I want. Like, it, it's never been about, like, oh, I want to be a super famous author. It's been, like, I get the opportunity to be friends with, like, to have an excuse to talk to these other authors that I super love and maybe become friends with them and become yeah. writing group friends with them. And, like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, Seth Myers, I adore you. Yes. <laughs> His chapter was a delay. And I love that he came and read it on the audiobook. <laughs> yes. Yes. So kind of going back to when you said that you appreciated that she just put it out there about how she snoops and stuff. Uh-huh. I loved her honesty when she talks about blowing up at that guy on the plane. Yes. <laughs> She's on a flight with, I think, Tina Fey and Yo, definitely Tina Fey. someone else. And they're talking and they're in first class. And like this guy is being an, like he's sighing because I guess they're talking and he doesn't want them talking but then he bumps into her when they're deplaning and I was just like hold the fuck up keep your body to yourself <laughs> yeah and he did it on purpose and he's like you girls were talking the entire flight you should not be in first class and that this was my one of my favorite parts let's see I got that amazing feeling you get when you know you're gonna lose it in the best most self-righteous way <laughs> I know that feeling where you're just like, I'm about to go off and you deserve all of this and it's going to be glorious. And then she leans back and yells, fuck you. (laughs) And then chases him off the plane yelling at him. (laughs) Which is so good. Don't dictate how people do things. Right. Or if you're trying to sleep, you could ask politely like, hey, I'm trying to sleep. Would you guys maybe try to keep it down? But also remember, the world does not revolve around you. So exactly. Yeah. It was very clear that she was working on this book while getting a divorce mm-hmm. or either shortly after getting the divorce. It was. Um, yeah. I think it was shortly after because she mentions dating Nick Kroll. Yeah. And uh, which makes the second. I also read Anna Ferris's, which I think came out like right mm-hmm. after her and Chris Pratt announced mm-hmm. their divorce. But um, I like that. that it's not even like it's mentioned because there's mm-hmm. the, the, the books on divorce that she talks about that I, mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Um, but there's not like a here's why we got divorced. Mm-hmm. And there's also not like a ton of glowing stuff where it's like 
he was so, like there there is enough about him that like they had a good relationship right 10 years i think is how long they were and she's so. like it wasn't a failure right it just you know and i really appreciate that my, my mother actually recently said something similar about her um second divorce um mm-hmm. which was after 17 years yes and she was like it just ran its course and like yeah like i think that is such a healthy mindset for anybody yes. to have as much of an asshole as he can be, one of the things that Dan Savage has said is a relationship ending doesn't mean that it failed. Like, sometimes exactly. that's just how far, even if it's a marriage, like, sometimes that's just how far the relationship is going to go. And yeah. you can leave it feeling, I don't know if the words he's used are successful, but somewhat, because especially if you have kids, like, if you can then successfully co-parent and have a good relationship and still be respectful and stuff like yes. that, like, you can still, like, I don't know. It does just because you broke up doesn't mean it's a failure. Exactly. Period. Yeah. And I did like to because she came she comes right out and says, I don't want to talk about my divorce. And then she fucking doesn't. She talks yeah. very little about it. Yeah. Um but it's like just you said, to be like, we were together for ten years, exactly. we co parents, kids are important. Mm-hmm. Here's some book titles. Yeah, it kind of sucks occasionally mm-hmm. to be alone. And that's about it. Like it's right. not a tell all. They were like clearly in love. Yeah. Like had that relationship and now they're not in that relationship and it doesn't have to be this very big dramatic tell all of who did what like I guess if you want to do that you can but kind of like recently Demi Moore's book and the stuff about Ashton Kutcher like when they um, oh I had no idea oh my god Megan (laughs) no so I haven't read it but I've seen some clip like news like or not news but like news in quotations yeah. <laughs> air quotes about how I guess like she would uh, she agreed to threesomes because she just wanted to seem like a fun oh, younger type type of person yeah. uh, but that he apparently cheated and used that to justify his cheating because they had threesomes which if he did do that that's real shitty yeah because that's not the how that works is not the same as yep 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 um, and I can't remember what else, but like, if, if you want to go in and say that stuff, I guess you can. I don't know. I don't know that I would. Yeah. There's enough of me that's like down for that drama, but mm-hmm. I also have the utmost respect for anybody that's like, I understand I'm a celebrity and that my life is for like in front of everybody, but I also, this isn't what I don't want to talk about. Right. Cause like. Amy Poehler and Nicole are not no longer together, and not like like I feel like there yeah. weren't a lot of articles about like it's just not. I, she mentioned it, and I completely didn't realize they dated. Yeah, and I, I, I think this is when I learned that they were dating. Yeah, but then I don't know how soon after this book came out that they broke up, or if they were even still dating by the time that I read it. <laughs> yeah, like even on um, her Wikipedia, it's like buried in there. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not at the top where it's like, you know, partners and stuff like that. Yeah. And because um, I wanted to see, I was like, I didn't realize they were dating. Did they end up getting married? And it's mm-hmm. no, they they broke up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I did also like the story she tells about the one, I'm sorry, that took her too long to say. Yes. It was, um, she was on SNL. They did a bit. It was her and I think Miley Cyrus. Yes. Where uh, Miley's playing, I don't remember who, but Amy She's is playing, playing Hannah Montana. She's oh, playing. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh. And Amy Poehler is playing like a very adult version of Dakota Fanning. And she mentions 
a doll that she got from her upcoming film called Hurricane Mary, where my sister and I play severely disabled twins. And she said when she got the doll, like five minutes or five seconds, really, before she went on stage, she had a weird feeling about the way it looked and like, but Saturday Night Live. So she went on. Yeah. And then she got a note from Marianne, or a letter from Marianne Leone and Chris Cooper. Marianne had written a real movie called Hurricane Mary that was based on the real story of twins, Alba and Anastasia, who had cerebral palsy, and it was about their mom's fight to get them, like, equal opportunity education and stuff. Yeah. So Amy did what I think a lot of people would do. She got defensive. She got angry. She didn't write the script. She didn't make the doll. Like, she didn't actually even know that Hurricane Mary was a real thing, and she didn't address the letter for a very long time. (laughs) For, like, five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't until she was... Who was she? Was she with... Spike Jones? Yes. Who was working on something and they talked about it and he kind of put them in touch um, through email and she did apologize to them and then they actually forwarded that to Anastasia who responded to it as well. I really appreciated Marianne's response in all Mm -hmm. of this where she was like it's a little too late. Like, like not mad anymore. It's fine. But like, this is a little too late. And like, if you right. honestly aren't just doing this to save face, like here's a way that you could actually do something. Right. Um, yeah. Cause that's a very, like you don't, I mean, if someone apologizes to you, you, you're not required to accept it. And if yeah. you think it's too little too late, you can absolutely say that. And she yeah. definitely did. And I think she says it in just a very classy way. Yeah. Yeah. And especially it was good to read because like Amy Poehler for me, on top of Parks and Rec, she also does the Smart Girls, um, mm-hmm. the, I think it's just called Smart Girls, yeah, where, you know, it celebrates women and, and especially younger girls that, like doing amazing things. And to hear that this situation happened, mm-hmm. I guess it was kind of a shock or something like it. And I don't know. I, it just really shows that you can do stupid shit and mm-hmm. improve. And and that is entirely yeah. um, really cool. And I think she calls Anastasia's response to her, like her forgiveness, a blessing. Yes. Which she never would have gotten if she hadn't just been honest about it and apologized. Although she does, when she, she does say that when she goes back to read her first email to Marianne, that she's, she does spend a decent amount of time explaining how she didn't know, how she didn't make the, like, sort right. of excuses, but at least giving her the context yeah. Which can be important. Where it's like, this does not justify, but just so you know, like. Right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I'm not as horrible of a person as I could be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think this is the last thing that I really liked from part one was the chapter about getting older and how you just feel sort of invincible or like, because I've heard many people say, especially women, they say when they get to like 30 or 35, they just stop giving a fuck. Like, yeah. Not tailoring the outfits and the makeup for the men in their lives or men they want in their lives or anything like that. Just like doing things for themselves and just being like, fuck you if you don't like me. And I was like, I see that. Yeah. (laughs) I feel that right now. (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely a point because one of my best friends is a few years older and I remember her talking about it. And I just remember being like, that's ridiculous. Like, and, and it wasn't like a sudden or, like, a moment where I realized it, but it, it definitely, like, I, at 90% of the time, I don't give a shit. Like, 
I used to hate my hair and mm-hmm. because it's so fluffy and it's so just wild. And when I stopped giving a shit of like doing it for people, I get more compliments on it now. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, your hair is gorgeous. And I'm like, what do you mean it's gorgeous? It's a fucking mess. Yeah. But yeah, you just stop caring and life kind of just feels better. That's like, there is a chapter. I don't know if it's in that part it might be in like part two or part three where she says treat your career like a bad boyfriend like sort of being ambivalent and then things will sort of just kind of happen um which yeah thank you yeah (laughs) yeah i appreciated that yeah um i think that was all i had for part one um for part two do whatever you like this one i did like because it gave a little bit more of a timeline where like she moved to Chicago in 1993 and she was performing <clears throat> at Improv Olympic. And this is where she meets Tina Fey and Matt Besser. Mm-hmm. Um, she took a class with Matt Besser and then I believe they did date for a while. Yes. Um, and he asked her to join the Upright Citizens Brigade. But then her and Tina also auditioned for Second City's touring company. So she's touring. She's still performing at Improv Olympic and with UCB. Like she was very busy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the way that she talks about Chicago and New York, especially in the mm-hmm. 90s, um, which were not great times to be in either. Like it was, you know, still getting cleaned up and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's humorous. But if you pay enough attention, you realize that, like, I don't know how she was supporting herself most of the time. And it's really impressive. And, and, and she does eventually talk about it where it's like, I didn't just get scouted at a mall. Like I put the years in mm-hmm. and it's really refreshing to her horrified that. parents. I can be a waitress anywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also didn't realize like, I mean, it, it shouldn't be such a surprise. Like she done a fucking ton of drugs. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. it's just kind of like, I'm glad you're upfront about all this, yep. but also like, God damn. All right. Tried the cocaine and liked it. Didn't try heroin because she didn't want to throw up because she heard people would throw up their first time and smoked a ton, but did smoke a ton of weed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. And also mushrooms and... Oh, yeah. I forgot about mushrooms. (laughs) But didn't do meth. Yeah. Yeah. I just was like, all right. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but also I'm a little surprised. I feel like there's a part two where she says she's going to downplay it when her kids ask her. I'm like, if they oh, read yeah. your book. Like... Oh, yeah. She was like, but nobody would read. Like, I tell them all these stories. They're not going to read my book. Why would they Pro- read my yeah. book? I <laughs> might like, I don't know that I would if, I don't know. I, maybe as an adult. Because I yes. feel like you hit a certain age and you're like, oh, damn, my mom and my dad, they were right about X, Y, and Z things that I was like, screw you guys. You're wrong when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. So maybe at that age, they might read it and then they'll be adults and it's, it'll be like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she just the Chicago improv scene just sounds a lot. Yeah, and then too, when she gets hired at SNL, she gets hired August of two thousand one. Oh God, yeah. Her first show is September twenty ninth of two thousand one, and again, I didn't watch SNL, but I reading how they kind of came back when they had. Giuliani on and Lauren Michaels asks can we be funny and he's like why start now I kind of like just a way to yes we can laugh again yeah in light of this crazy terrorist act like this tragedy yeah um what else oh she also talks a lot about the pranking that happened yes my favorite one was when she says she's sitting at her desk writing 
and her drawer keeps opening and she keeps closing it and can't figure out what's going on. So like she looks down to figure it out and Chris Parnell had been hiding under her desk for like an hour gently hitting the drawer so that it would open and she just started screaming because she's not expecting to see a person curled up in a ball (laughs) under her desk I think she also does a good job of like talking about SNL but not it's not 100% through like rosy glasses like there's a lot of talk about it's ridiculous hours Mm -hmm. they don't feed you you. they don't feed you um and you're also in a part of town where, like, if you leave the building, it's going to be tourist city. And, you know, finding any kind of food is going to take effort. Mm-hmm. And so interns going and getting McDonald's and candy. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's one time when she says her and Maya Rudolph were crying about something. And one of the cleaning women, uh, Rosa, comes and she, like, pats Maya's shoulder and is like, don't cry, sexy. <laughs> yes. um, and then, too, like. I don't know, things you don't think of. Like, I remember the Ashley Simpson event. Yes. Like, when her, like, yeah, when that happened. But you don't think of, like, what, or I didn't think of, like, what did the cast do? Where I think she said that, th- like, her, Maya Rudolph, and someone else, like, ran off, like, screamed and ran off somewhere because they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just seems like something you do in your early 20s. But they were not all in their early yeah. 20s when they did yeah. this. I mean, it just sounds exhausting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, Okay, another thing I loved was when Prince came in, she sat on his sound check and she yes. said she was with her friend and a lifelong Prince fan, Amy Miles, who just burst into tears like as soon as he walked over to them and Amy was just like, so how how was your summer? <laughs> like, what do I do here? <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Um, this is also the section where she talks about every mother needs a wife. Yeah. I really appreciate the like honesty of I can't do this job without a nanny or a house, you know, like house fair or things like that. And like, because I remember reading a book that was it was about women in business and doing more and like how you could do this. And mm-hmm. I finished it and felt empowered. And my mother had read it before me and was like, "What did you think?" And I was talking to her, and she's like, "Yeah, you notice how at no point she mentions she has like a whole staff of people working mm-hmm. in her house." To help her make this sound so much easier mm-hmm. and like she could do it. To do it. And it, it was, <laughs> yeah, like such a bubble burst. And mm-hmm. so anytime a woman's like, yeah, I got nannies and, you know, yeah, a staff that cleans. And I'm just like, thank you for that honesty. There was a book I read, like, I had a bit of a mini identity crisis when Chris and I were engaged. And it wasn't so much the engagement because we were so certain we were going to have kids. Mm -hmm. And my brain spiraled out of control of, all right, so we're getting married and then we're going to have kids and I'm only going to be known as these kids' mother. It's not going to be Stephanie more. It's going to be child's name's mother. And I was just like, no. (laughs) So I read this book called The Meaning of Wife and I just, uh, it was was helpful. Um, But reading this reminded me of that and how the word wife, like... I don't, cause she says like your wife could be like your mom, your wife could be your husband. And I was just yeah. like, but she, I don't know. I guess I just feel like your partner should be doing as much as they can to begin with. Obviously people's schedules are different and the demands right. of their jobs and stuff, but I don't know. It did also jump out to me. I think all of her wives are women of color. Yes. Which is a little like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that she says in this book, not even including including all the Louis C.K. stuff, where I was just oh, like, God. 
if this came out two or three years later, there's a lot of white privilege in this book that yes. I was just like, and, and straight she does up, bring I think some from, line to let some light to it too. Like yeah. there's a few parts where she says, I know I'm a blonde white woman in America. Yeah. Like, she <laughs> lays that out very quickly to be like, yeah. I'm aware. Um, but yeah, it's just in this day and age, I was like, some of the stuff I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. I did like most of her sex advice. Yes. Although the wording of item one was try not to fake it. And I was like, no, there is no try. Only do. Do not fucking fake it. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Don't do that. Um, I don't know that I agreed with keep your virginity as long as you can. That was the only I was one. Just like, I, I get where she's coming from of like, don't be pressured into it. And you also, I don't know, I guess because like, I don't buy into the first time should be magical. No. Like you just... But I also, I don't want to say this and sound like you should have sex as early as possible, but get it over right. with. I, see, I get the get it over with, but I think because, like, my first time was with my high school boyfriend. Like, we were so in love, like, 17. Yep. And I don't know a lot of women who've had great first times. I would say yeah. mine was pretty fucking great, though, which I know oh, is good. rare. Yeah, I mean, when you decide you want to get, like, I think it was junior year, probably beginning of junior year, there was, I saw quite a few young women getting pregnant like in their senior year and I was like fuck yeah. that that's not going to be me so I was like I'm going to be a virgin when I graduate and I got pretty close but when you do that you basically give yourself like a two years of foreplay so yes. <laughs> when yes. it's like happening you're like fucking finally um, yeah I definitely made it through high school because I had a teen mom and my best friend also had a teen mom mm-hmm. on top of that I don't know if I actually would have put this in the podcast or not, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about it because maybe there's someone else out there that has dealt with this. Mm-hmm. I had to have a hymenectomy at 15 oh. or 16 because um, I tried to put in a tampon and ended up like sobbing. Oh, um, because Fuck. we were at the beach and I wanted to go swimming and I had never worn a tampon. Mm-hmm. And like my mother comes in and I'm just like flipping out. And we go to the gynecologist who took a um, ear swab thing Mm -hmm. and why can't I think of the name of that and stuck it in me and I started sobbing and that's when I realized that like yeah and on top of that like this explained why I was passing out while I was having my period and everything like I it was a lot of issues and it also kind of screwed me up a little bit Mm -hmm. because I was just like nothing's coming at me nope yeah it's not happening don't put anything in me (laughs) and like never been a religious enough to be like I want to be a nun but man there was probably a point where I was like yeah that doesn't sound like a bad idea so for me it was more of like I had to get through high school because I had to I couldn't repeat Mm -hmm. and also I'm good out here like I'm just fine so yeah my first time wasn't great, but um, I definitely was in college. and mm-hmm. But it wasn't one of those like mental states of like, I waited too long, it has to be great. It just yeah. has always been a mental state. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, go see a gynecologist. Like, yeah. I think I was just very like, yeah, this could be special because it's with like, just because of the situation I was in, if I hadn't met that guy in high school, I don't know, don't know how it would have turned out. Yeah. But at the same time, I remember him and I used to always talk about like, because so in love getting married having kids but in the back of my mind i was like we're not getting married because i will not have i'm not gonna just have sex with one man for my entire life get the fuck out of (laughs) here like that's literally why we broke up when i was in college (laughs) mine was also Uh, my high school sweetheart but it was the first year college it would actually we broke up i think a month later oh so yeah Yeah. not related at all it just was it was not a great relationship anyways Mm. but um 
So yeah, that's the one where I was like, I don't know about that. I get where she's yeah. coming from, but maybe the phrasing could be different. That and the one about you have to have sex with your husband occasionally, even though you're exhausted. I was like, yeah. no, I don't. I, <laughs> if I'm exhausted, I, no, I don't. You have a hand. It's fine. <laughs> or you just wait till tomorrow. I think it was more for like you, not for the husband. I think it was yeah. more for like... Don't lose that intimacy because mm. you'll miss it. But also, yeah, no, I agreed. I was like, some of the phrasing of this is just. Yeah. Because I guess just yeah. like, if I'm exhausted, then no. Yeah. I, no, we, we yeah. can do it tomorrow when I'm not exhausted. Yes. <laughs> um, and then she did have the rules for men. And my favorite was the absolute mic drop on the last one for them, which was if you don't eat pussy, keep walking. Yes. 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 Agreed. Yes. If you expect, you got to give. Not even. I would just say, like, why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, let's talk about this. But at the same time, I mean, I am married, obviously, so I'm not going to be in the situation. But I think I'm also at an age where if I was single, it would be um, like we could talk about it. But I don't have to fix you because there's billions of men in the world. I will find yep. someone who will. Exactly. <laughs> you fixed yourself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was her. Yeah. Great sex advice. And then she does also, I like that she talks about the awards for the shows and stuff. Yes. Like not wanting to want them, but then you get a little caught up and then you do want them. I liked the whole idea of like, I don't think they necessarily did it to take their mind off of the awards, but like making it a group thing and an event mm-hmm. in and of itself and like doing that kind of stuff keeps you from not being so miserable if you don't get it. Mm-hmm. But I also like that she was like, it was so great. I don't even remember who won. It was this person. Right. <laughs> exactly. was like, yeah, I get it. And I remember like, I don't watch a lot of award shows anymore. And I didn't then. But when they, her and Tina were hosting the Golden Globes, I did yes. watch. And I do remember her sitting on George Clooney's lap. Yes. I fucking love that she talked about that. She basically asked his people if she could sit next to him at some point during the broadcast that she was gonna not give the full thing away yes (laughs) and then she basically comes over sits on his lap and he's like what you doing like what's what's there's a bit happening what is it and she told him and he was like okay great (laughs) (laughs) i think it was that she said uh, because it was going to cut to her for her nomination and if she won she might actually kiss him on the mouth and he was like it's not a bad sunday (laughs) (laughs) i did really appreciate that yeah that was sort of like behind the scenes of that bit yeah. Um, another super relatable part was when she talks about how she is a bad sleeper. Yes. That she, even as a kid, uh, snoring, grinding her teeth, sleep laughing and sleep talking. I don't know that I grind <laughs> my teeth anymore because I'm not as stressed out about my job because I love my current job. But I definitely have freaked Chris out with sleep laughing and sleep talking. <laughs> like, it's at the point now. We've <laughs> been yeah. living together for 11 years. It's at the point now where he knows I'm probably not fully awake. But the first, like, few times it happened, he would, like, talk back yeah. to me <laughs> and be like, oh, she's fucking asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I am a terrible sleeper, too. And I, I come from also a family of snores. I really appreciated that because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I remember my now ex, um, the first time we shared a bed, and he was <clears> like, yeah, you aren't lying. I was like, I mean, because oh, I flat up told him. I was like, <laughs> I snore. Mm-hmm. And it's probably obnoxious because I know exactly what my dad sounds like and my mm, grandparents sound yes. like. And given that I have autoimmune disease related to my sinuses, I can imagine how ridiculous I sound. Yeah. And yeah, the first morning he was like, yeah, that was an experience. And I was just he, like, <clears throat> I get it. 
he should have pulled a Nick Kroll because apparently the first night they spent together, she woke up and apologized immediately and he pulled out the earplugs he had worn to bed so that he could actually hear what she was saying, which I was like, smart, because she did warn you. (laughs) But like her sleep study that she did where they asked her, how many times do you think you wake yourself up at night? She said, oh, four or five. And they said, "Uh, 20 to 30 times a night. She needs to be using that damn CPAP. I hope she's using it now. (laughs) Yes. Also, Benadryl is great. Just two Benadryls and I'm out. I still wake (laughs) up and... And everything, and, and but like I sleep so much better. Just I just need something. That, my sinuses are the fucking worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, I think that was the end of part two. So part three is yes. Be whoever you are, and she does talk about moving to Manhattan, April of nineteen ninety six. Uh, I think with Matt Besser and maybe a couple other people. Yeah. And then she does also talk about UCB and how. Like, its achievements over the years, which was really cool to see kind of lined up where they opened a really good-sized theater in 2003, and then in in New York, and then an L.A. theater in 2005, and then the training center in New York in 2006, then the website launched, I think, 2008, Uh, and then 2010 is when they became an accredited theater school, and then 2014 was the new New York training center and new L.A. theater space, so it was just kind of cool to see that, like, run down that list of of that yeah i have a friend that um did some ucb classes uh it's been i think a couple years because she moved back to um buffalo but it's a lot and like Mm -hmm. i only went i i learned very quickly i'm not a huge fan of improv like it's fine you could not pay me to do it yeah i don't know if i would watch it maybe i will not do it (laughs) yeah but the whole uh, ask cat thing that they were talking about Mm -hmm. um, it still goes on it's Mm -hmm. but it's at like sundays at like nine or something and Mm -hmm. it's in chelsea and i'm just like Mm -hmm. because my friend would be like i'm going to this do you want to come and it's still free if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. and you do end up seeing occasionally like you can hit a point where you're seeing you know amy Poehler might come back or because you Mm -hmm. don't know who's gonna be yeah um but i still am to the point that i'm just like you know no i can't (laughs) And I'm okay. I'm comfortable with yeah. being the old woman that can't, one, go out on a Friday night or Sunday night at 9 <laughs> And two, we have just, work the next day. <laughs> yeah. Right there with you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah. I saw, nope, that wasn't at UCB. I've seen some people that have come out of it, but yeah, no. Uh, we get the advice from her parents. Yeah. And one that jumped out at me from her mom was, ask your kids how they're doing, but sometimes ignore them when they say not great. And I was like... Yeah, I could see that. Like, let yeah. your kid sort it out on their own. Yeah, I think helicopter um, parents are, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember as a kid, um, my my stepmother was more involved in um, the drama, the teen drama. And I remember as a kid being a little bit bummed that my mom wasn't because my mm. mom just, she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, she cares. That sounds wrong. Yeah. But like, if I came home <laughs> and was like, I'm fighting with my best friend and blah, blah, blah. She was just like, yeah, okay. Dinner's in 10 kind of. <laughs> she just, yeah, she's changed quite a bit since. Um, now mm-hmm. I think that now she, I'm an adult and like c- control and not everything upsets me kind of thing. Yeah. And I appreciate that she was like that because I think it helps. <clears throat> develop but also like yeah yeah listen occasionally mm-hmm. <laughs> and always bring wine that was another good one yes have fun dancing i her dad's there are ways around things that aren't always legal yeah. <laughs> it's like okay dad i appreciated that too uh 
that and he says you can have a chaotic childhood and still provide a stable home that's yes. good um we kind of skipped over it but at one point i think in the second chapter she talks about one of her best friends growing up where it was just amy and her little brother whereas her friend carrie had a bunch of sisters and they would fight yeah. and rowdy and they were latchkey kids because mom and dad both worked and the timing like they would be home by themselves before one of the parents got home um, and where Amy would go over there for the craziness and the drama and Carrie would like go to Amy's house and just bask in the silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that she's really close with her brother, mm-hmm. Greg, I think was his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she does seem to have a great relationship with her parents still. Yeah. Oh, also her dad's. Tell everyone you meet what your daughter does until your daughter asks you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're just being proud. Proud yes. dad. Yes. Yeah. Mine sent me, uh, apparently my book came in and he sent me a picture and he was like, I will read it before Saturday. And and like, I don't know how to explain to him that like, I'm not going to ask anybody if they've read it or what they thought, (laughs) because I just like, if you want to tell me that's great. But I'm not going to go totally fishing Totally what that. I did, too, yeah. with the magazine. <laughs> Especially and, uh, because of what the magazine was. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and on top of that, like, it's it's a it's a queer vampire story. And I also don't know how my super conservative family is going to feel about that. But my mother and grandmother apparently both loved it and cried. But uh-huh. my dad calls me and he's like, I just, I'm telling everybody. And the, your intro is so great. And I just was like. I get my copy. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just was like, thanks, Dad. A bunch of people in Mississippi are going to love this. Yep. (laughs) Maybe Angie Thomas will read it and we'll become friends. This is also where she goes into that, where she didn't drop a screenplay onto someone's lap. Oh, God, yeah. Which happened to her one day when she was sleeping on the train. Someone drops a... Like, she gets woken up. Well, first, like, first you're waking her up, which... Okay, we learned she was a bad sleeper. That person didn't know that. But it's super rude to wake someone up. Especially if you don't know them. And you're then also trying to solicit them. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) But I like that she was like, oh, the script was for a movie called I Don't Know Because I Threw It Away. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, I wonder if this person is reading this book. (laughs) I hope so. I hope they... I, so yeah. much of this is, like like we said, she worked really hard, and it's not yes. that immediate. Like it's not you're going to get discovered at the mall is what she mm-hmm. how she put it, and it's unfortunately that happened to some people like very yeah. rarely, but it has happened. Like I feel like honestly, I feel like David Boreanaz was discovered like walking his dog or something crazy. Yeah, like but it doesn't. It of all the actors and musicians and everything, like it. It's the exception. It's the exception. And I think it's getting even more rare now because how easily people can put their stuff on YouTube or exactly. Like, shit, That's you know, what I was like, about to say is like yeah. YouTube's kind of changed the game in some ways, but also makes it harder. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like there was a book put out where YouTube booktubers like paired up with authors. And I just remember being like, there are so many authors trying to break into this field. And like, mm-hmm. really, <laughs> you're going to give them a writing credit and. Yeah. Do your time. Right. Part of it is who you know. Yes. But don't seek out, you know, top people in their field expecting them to do something for you. Right. You got to put in the work. Like she says, when she was having dinner with a friend, uh, baby mama was coming out. So like her faces, her and Tina's faces are like all over the place. And someone, the the friend asked, like, can you believe it? Like this is happening. And she's like, yeah, because she put in the fucking work. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes, she can. And honestly, I had a moment of reading that that paragraph this time where I was like, you know, I could see some people reading that and thinking she's being arrogant, but if it was a man, no one would think exactly. she was being arrogant. Yeah. No, I think I, it 
is so well deserved mm-hmm. and uh yeah i did like too where she talks about inner or auditioning and that someone asked her to tell her most embarrassing moment and she's like asked if she could talk about something else and the person said no i want your most embarrassing moment and she said no and yep. then they didn't hire her but like yeah stick to your guns you don't have to fucking do that get, get yeah. out of here <laughs> and it's not in this book like you don't have to tell someone your most embarrassing moment if you don't want to mm-hmm. um let's see. she does have a little chapter and a poem ish dedicated to tina fey <laughs> yes yes which <laughs> nice I love them. They're great. They are. I want them to, like, if they hosted all of the awards, then I'd probably watch all oh, yeah. of the awards. I'd probably, you know, start doing that more. Yeah. And then a lot of the third section, or not a lot of it, but a good chunk is um, about Parks and Rec, which had just yes. ended. Yes. And, uh, With know. the Mike Schur edits and footnotes, or yes. the, him doing it on the audiobook, which, again, I fucking love that they did that. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh... Which, okay, going back to, like, I, I read something that, like, apparently he doesn't do a lot of good, like, happily ever after endings or, like, happy, everybody gets their happy ending. And all I could think of was, like, really? that's, yeah, exactly, that was my thought. Was, I was like, <laughs> Parks and Rec had a pretty great ending. It had a, yes. Yes, yeah. it fucking, everyone, it, what, yes. Like, that was kind of the point that everybody, you know, yeah. did great. And, yeah. I'm just worried about the good place. And I am now too that you said you heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I did like um it relates back to that chapter about wanting the awards, wanting that putting that those, you know, that recognition where uh they're filming season five and they find out that they are not nominated for an Emmy. And Mike was like, hmm, I'm just gonna go back and write the write the scene where Ben proposes to Leslie. Yes. And then he does, and it was literally one of the best proposals on any show or movie ever. <laughs> Does he talk about in the edits, um, I th- maybe it was the British office or something where there was like this moment that made him just like cry and it was so happy and everything. And he's like been chasing doing that himself. Yes. Let me see. The moment Don returned to the office and kissed Tim, I jumped yes. up out of my chair involuntarily. Yes. <laughs> my hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I think he's definitely accomplished that a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also a part two where he compliments amy and says and you have to leave this in here because i know it sounds like you're gonna want to erase this or delete it because it sounds like bragging but you have to leave it in here (laughs) and then she does go on to to then talk about the castmates like her favorite moment a little bit about each of them her favorite moments on set a lot of people don't know something and laughing the hardest and then for adam scott crying the hardest when he proposed like oh my god and also just a really quick plug if you haven't read retta's book go read it Mm mm-hmm She's a, just such a delight. Yeah. I was trying then, to remember what Amy's kind of done since then. Uh, that house movie I told you about. <laughs> yeah. And then there was Wine Country. Um, yes, which I still haven't seen and I need to see it. Same. And then Making It was the other one that I... Uh, oh, yes. With her and Nick Offerman, who uh, we didn't talk about it, but the very beginning, like the intro where she talks about how writing a book is hard and how dare Nick decide to write a book and then basically <laughs> finish it before she finished her. Yes. yes. <laughs> so good. So great. Yeah. And then I did. Oh, there was a really cute part where she talks about uh, moon hunting with her boys, yeah. where they'll go out at night with flashlights and moon candy, which suspiciously looks like M&M's. <laughs> and then like they camped out, I think, on the hood of the car one time, just like staring up at that. I was like, that is such a sweet, yeah. adorable thing. 
I'd probably never do with my kids because I hate bugs and bugs come out at night. But I love that someone else is doing this. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta spend time with your kids. Yeah. And also disconnect because the very last chapter is the robots are trying to kill us and the phones and disconnecting. But then also she lost her laptop at one point (laughs) while working on this book and freaked out called because she remembers taking it out at the airport and doesn't remember then putting it back in her bag which and then is something i would totally fucking do yeah and it's especially because she was exhausted especially if you're traveling a lot and so she called and they said they were going to look into it and then she gets an email from sharita fields that they found it here's the instructions she takes a picture of sharita to put in the book to thank her yes. <laughs> like it's so cute this book is entirely dedicated to her and that is fine yep it is deserved because God, can you imagine if someone, especially like, realized that it was her laptop mm-hmm. what prior to happened? like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, yeah. So yeah, this was a fun lighter read. Yeah. Ooh, book drink. <sighs> I mean, I feel like you should just smoke some weed while you're reading this. I was literally gonna say that, and then there's um, yes. like, oh, what was that? We had some beer that had like hemp involved in the making of it and straight up tasted like weed whatever that beer was yeah that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah this was a while ago because we were still in connecticut when we had it um okay apparently a lot of places let's see there's new belgium the hemperer okay i honestly don't know if that's the one that we had at lucky taco that time but i must say some hemp slash cbd beer (laughs) yes yes Especially as weed is becoming more and more legalized, just, yeah. 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 I wonder if she's, well, no. I was thinking um, CBD drops for sleeping could help her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. She still needs to use the CPAP, I think, but. Definitely. (laughs) She could try that. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So, do you know what you're reading next that's not for the podcast? That is a good question. Um. Give me a second. I can figure it out. Do you know what you're reading next? I think I'm going to finish the second book of Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see if there's like a thinner book on my shelf that I will then add to my backpack. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't want to read anything heavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will quickly shout out the book I am reading currently, mm-hmm. which I will definitely finish. But I, the next book that is for sure on my list is The Witches Are Coming by Lindy West. Ooh. It is a... Uh, another uh, collection of her essays which i'm very excited about nice um but the book i am currently reading um has basically this year has just solidified that um sean and mcguire is just one of my favorite authors and i'm still trying to get through all of her stuff um i think i talked about her last episode as mira grant because she writes horror under mira grant Mm -hmm. um but she has a collection of short stories coming out called laughter at the academy and I think I've read five or six of them, and no joke, one of them I read on the subway yesterday morning, and I thought about it all day. And I just, <laughs> you know, that moment when you're reading something great, and you just like want to grab people and be like, I need to tell you about what I'm reading, and I need someone to experience this with me. Yes. And it was, the story is called Uncle Sam, and it's why women go to the bathroom together. Okay. And it is amazing. So I will obviously be continuing to read that. But definitely also reading Lindy West's uh, The Witches Are Coming, which nice. apparently has been on my shelf for over a year. It comes out next month. So, Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. 
I'm excited to see how how you like that one. I am too. I I really liked her first collection that I'm totally blanking on right now. Um, but yeah, I really like her. Yeah. I'm think I because I'm gonna finish the Hitchhiker's Guide. Keep with that, but then I definitely wanted something else, and I because you need another trade book. Yeah, because I don't want to carry that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking. I have a couple smaller ones, but I might reread like Water for Chocolate because I do not remember it. So yeah, I think that'll be because I know I've read Is it, it. A werewolf book? No. <laughs> oh. Um. Hold on one second. Like Water for Chocolate says, a novel in monthly installments with recipes, romances, and home remedies. I feel like our main character is in love with someone she, like, can't have. But there's a lot of food involved. Okay. Ooh. All right, I need to add the Joy Luck Club to my list. It's, like, in the blurb on the back of this book, and I've been meaning to read that. I have, too. I need to add this. Yeah. Okay, so this is described as a tall tale, fairy tale, soap opera romance, Mexican cookbook, and home remedy handbook all rolled into one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to, because I know I've read it, so it won't count as a new book, but I do not remember it. No, that's... <laughs> and I was I mean, looking at it the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, next for the podcast, we are going to go away from the lighthearted memoir. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Just, just a small break from lighthearted. We got to yeah. balance. Yeah. The, the challenge was true crime, and we are both going, we have not read, and it's been on both of our lists. The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson about fucking H.H. Holmes at the World's yeah. Fair and his murder house. And it's what we or already mansion. know that there, know. there eventually is going to be a movie about. So we don't need to be shocked about that. When, right. Again, right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. All right. So oh for me, God. you can just find me here at the podcast. Megan, where can people find you? Uh, I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> so um, excited. <laughs> but I, I do have an anthology that's coming out. I, I wrote a uh, vampire and dragon story for a an anthology called Coffins and Dragons. Um, I have got to make a blog post about it because I think I always say refer to my blog about it. And <laughs> I'm very weird about it. Um, but you can find it on Amazon. Um it is still in pre-buy, and I think still will be in pre-buy. Yeah, when this comes out, ninety-nine cents for the ebook. Um, the paperback's actually out, so you could get a copy of that for twenty-five, twenty-four, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, it's just a short story that I wrote. It's yeah, I can now officially say I'm published, and yes. hopefully continue moving <laughs> forward in that journey. So so exciting! Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to get my copy. I gotta order it. And that will, that will be my next train book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did explain to Maybe. my grandmother um, how to use Amazon. She's like, yep. I don't have a Kindle. And I was like, no, if you had format, you could get it in a paperback. It's okay. Mm-hmm. God bless. But I, it's not sold anywhere else. So it's just like, well, this is all I can do for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think that's it for us. But join us in two weeks for some true crime, Devil in the White City. Um probably not going to be as lighthearted because like i know the general story and i remember when chris was reading this book him telling me things where i was just like what the fuck was wrong with this guy like why how do you think to do these things he's the murder hotel guy right like yes yeah okay. <laughs> like was it stairs that didn't go anywhere or like rooms somehow yeah. with like no do- i don't just fucking insanity yeah it's like an escape room but not right 
And I feel like, was it American Horror Story Hotel that... Yeah, I think Hotel was the season where Evan Peters' character was kind of based on him, or maybe it was him. I don't remember. I focused a lot on Matt Bomer in that season. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have... Um, I know there's a Supernatural episode about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or like his ghost didn't, his ghost is still around or something. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember there's an episode of Hotel where, oh God, the Night Stalker, if that's his name. Like, I don't know, like these, these very popular, not popular, but well-known serial killers that are dead come back for the night to like Uh have dinner with Evan Peters' character or something insane. I don't know. know. Is Hotel... I, I'm now interested, but I also feel like that's where a lot of people were like, I jumped off of American Horror Story. Like, it wasn't Ooh. that great of a season. I heard that about the one right before it, because I it. watched the first three, and then Freak Show, the circus one, got added to Netflix. But people were like, you could skip it, because I was like going to try it. It's, it was going to be a crazy turnaround time, I think, yeah. between when that came to Netflix and when season five was airing, going to start airing. So people were like, oh, I hated that one, but the rest were good. So I was like, mm, okay, I'll just watch five right now, and then I'll go back to that one. And I never went back. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what I missed from that season. It does look like Hulu has developed, has gotten the rights um, to do a series based on this book, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is still involved. Now, yes, I remember Chris telling me that because he read this a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's. So. I mean, I know. I remember my mother reading it mm-hmm. um, because I thought it was fascinating, and I remember it sitting on the coffee table, and I just. I think I then I realized it was nonfiction, and I was like. Eh. Yeah, you're like, oh, someone did this shit. Let's yeah. back away. No, <laughs> so I think it was just more of like, I don't read nonfiction. Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> like, gotcha. I'm a weird kid. Not okay. yet. Like, yeah. not yet. At that time in your life, not yet. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of kids were probably like that. Of, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> Resistant to nonfiction. So. Yeah, nonfiction's great. We could talk about yeah. more next week. Yes. So next time, come back for a Devil in the White City. And in the meantime, keep supporting your local libraries. <laughs>